There was one man who Jesus himself said was the greatest man born of woman. As we study through the life of John the Baptist, we will discover why God used him in such a powerful way. Join us now for today's study. We're journeying through these gospel records right now, and we're journeying with one of the great characters of the Bible, a man known as John the Baptist. On our journey, I bring you today back to Luke chapter number 1, a passage that we actually began in as we talked about John the Baptist's family. We looked at his father. We looked at his mother. But I return to Luke chapter 1 today because I want you to look a little more carefully at John himself. We're talking about his testimony, why the Lord used him, why he is a man we're still talking about today. We've discovered, first of all, that this man that Jesus said was the greatest man born of woman was a humble man. We learned that in Mark chapter 1. He was a, a man filled with humility because he had his eyes on the greatness of God. When you come to Luke chapter 1, we're reminded of another truth. Not only was he a humble man, he was a holy man. You see, when you come to Luke chapter number 1, you come to the truth that God set John apart. He was different. And he wasn't just different because he lived in the wilderness. He wasn't different because he was trying to be different. He was different because God made him different. He was different because the presence of God in his life set him apart from others. You see, true separation is not us trying to be different. True separation is us getting so close to God and the Lord being so big in our lives Suddenly, the presence of God sanctifies us. Luke chapter number 1 says of John the Baptist in verse 15, For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord. Now remember, remember, Jesus said in Matthew 11, at the end of his life, he was the greatest man born of woman. So everything that God promised would be true of this man was fulfilled. He finished his course. He should be great in the sight of the Lord. But now listen to the rest of the verse and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Now we know, of course, this is a Nazarite vow. There were only a handful of people recorded in Scripture who had taken this Nazarite vow. But it's representative of something. It's representative of a life of holiness, a life set apart to the Lord. There's so many people today who want to be used of God to accomplish some great thing, but they're not willing to pay the price. In our world, everybody wants a shortcut to holiness. We want the, the product without the process. But my friend, there is no such thing. This one verse, I believe, teaches us so much about a holy life. For example, notice the phrase, in the sight of the Lord. This is not mere externals. Holiness is not just simply doing the right thing on the outside. Holiness starts on the inside. Remember that the third person of the Godhead, God in you, Christ in you, is known as the Holy Spirit. Where does He dwell? He dwells in your spirit. He begins to sanctify first in the inner man where people can't see. And then when that is made holy and that is made right out of that, everything else is right. 
Father Bible says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. That's why Jesus said, Out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. Get the fountain right, and the water that comes from it will be right. The flow will be right. Live your life today in the sight of the Lord. Desire to walk holily before God. Remember you're walking in the presence of a holy God. There's some things you don't say in the presence of a holy God. There's some things you won't look at or do or listen to in the presence of a holy God. So when you begin to practice the presence of God in your life and live in the sight of the Lord, it's going to affect everything else in your life. And then notice the verse again. The Bible says that he would not drink wine nor strong drink. Now for the record, I believe that God's Word teaches that wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. So I, I take a strong stand in my own personal conviction that alcoholic beverages are not for believers. And I would challenge you to read and study what the Word of God has to, set, to say and compare Scripture with Scripture. But wine in the Bible is always representative of worldliness. So it's my conviction that when the Bible refers to wine and strong drink here, yes, it's literal. He did not drink alcoholic beverages. But this was a man with a single mind. This was a man that the world held nothing for him. They had nothing that he wanted, nothing that he needed. And so, my friend, God's way of holiness is that we're not living for this world. We're not living for temporary pleasures. We're not living for mere material comforts. No, we're living for another world. And that's why the Bible says, immediately after it says that he would not drink wine or strong drink, it says, and, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not just what you take out of your life that makes you holy. That may make you moral, uh, but that leaves a vacuum. It leaves a void. No, it's what goes into your life. He is filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, holy men are never empty men. They're always full men. They're full of God. They've not just emptied themselves of worldly things. No, they have filled their life with the Lord. Immediately my mind goes to Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 18 that says, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That's the same two things that you find in John the Baptist's life. He, he was not drunk with wine wherein is excess, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is God's way for all of His people. This is not just for a preacher. This is for every believer. If you want God's best for you, then there are certain things that need to be taken out of your life. Is there anything like that today the Holy Spirit's putting His finger on? Anything in your life that is a sin or a stumbling block? Anything that is holding you back, it's a weight keeping you from moving forward? Lay it aside. Choose God and refuse the world. Believe that God is greater. Love the Lord and you'll not love this world. And then, not only remove those things, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. This was the thing I pointed out to you when we began our study, uh, that his father was filled with the Spirit and his mother was filled with the Spirit. But now notice John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, every man must be filled with the Spirit for himself. I love this little phrase that ends the verse, even from his mother's womb. This is God's way. God wants us early in life to discover the secret of holiness, the joy of holiness, uh, the, the peace that comes with holiness. And can I point out to you that the key to being filled with the Spirit is not begging. Some people teach 
that if you pray and pray and pray and beg God to fill you with the Holy Spirit, that's how the Lord fills you with the Spirit. But actually, the key to spirit fullness is not in begging, it's in obeying. It was as John the Baptist obeyed what God gave him to do. It was as John the Baptist obeyed the commands God placed on his life. It was as John the Baptist obeyed his parents that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist was a holy man. He stood against sin. Oh, he's going to look Herod in the face and speak against him. This is, this is a man who's going to take a strong stand against sin in his culture and in his day. He's going to even die for boldly standing against the king's sin. But now don't miss this. You can't stand against sin in other people's lives if you're not first willing to stand against sin in your own life. The hardest battle you're ever going to be in is the battle against sin in your own heart. We get so troubled by the evil around us. Watch the news and read the, read the papers. And we get so troubled by the darkness around us that sometimes we miss the darkness that is creeping into our own hearts. And so could I challenge you today to do battle with the sin in you. Uh, come against the sin that you have held on to yourself. Ask the Lord, Lord, get this sin out of me and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Because only then can you be a holy man. And only then can you make a difference in an unholy world. Thank you for joining us for today's study. On our website, scottpauley.org, you'll find a link through which you can invest in the gospel. Would you consider giving a gift to help us extend God's word to others? You'll also find many other encouraging resources. Until we are together again, may God help you enjoy the journey.